This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Tell you what, new headphones, new headphone podcast. Uh, Just got these bad boys in. And they sound fucking great, by the way. Uh, Great sounding uh, headphones. Cans. That's what I think they call them in the uh, professional biz. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, welcome to Takes Podcast. We're going to recap this past weekend. I did a little something. I, 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 I forgot I did this because I was. it's Monday. I was going to recap Saturday night. Fell asleep. Had to rewatch the final three fights, uh, right? No, the final two fights. Excuse me. The co-main event, main event. Had to rewatch them Sunday morning because I fell asleep because I'm an old man. And then... Um, uh, what was it? And then, and then I, I I forgot that I did this little star system here. I got I had a, I bought a bunch of sharpies, whatever, and it came with gold and silver. I'm like, I'm never gonna use this. And I was like, you know what, Brian? When you're watching an event, put a little little like give them out a one through five rating in the gold, right? I thought it was a good idea, so I did that. So I'll go over that. I mean, whatever. Again, I had to rewatch the co-main event, main event Sunday morning. So I am fresh. I'm ready. It's a little late. Just got done rubbing the wife's feet. She's close, boys. She's close to having the baby. So we are, I don't think I shared this with you on the last podcast. So next Wednesday, the 18th, she's getting induced. It's it's almost a week early. She'll be 39 weeks. Usually you have a baby of 40 weeks, but uh, you know, I make big babies. Okay. I make, I make them big. And uh, she's measuring big, nothing crazy, nothing uh, super, super duper crazy. She'll probably be like eight pounds, almost nine pounds, which is a fairly big baby. And listen, I'm not pushing it out. My wife is. So power to her. She's a fucking hero. But um, <clears throat> yeah, so that's the 18th. So what I'm thinking is, is that's the week of the pay-per-view. Um, I might have Tim and Devin do the pick them without me. I might have to miss that. <clears throat> Obviously, things are some things are bigger than this podcast, boys. I know, I know. But uh, no, I, I think I'm gonna have them do that. Maybe via Skype, put it up with the the on the podcast, and then because uh, I have my computer with me, so if they do that, they send it over. I can I can put the uh, picks up via that, and they'll be on YouTube as well. Um, yeah, so I think that's what's gonna happen. I think uh, again, you know, I'll be in the hospital, but uh, I'll be I'll be. <clears throat> equipped with a laptop maybe maybe you know i don't know that's what's gonna happen but i'll do a recap over this weekend this weekend's card just took a hit but we'll get to that uh anything else exciting baby news she's coming little hazel little beautiful hazel's coming i'm a dad girl or girl dad that's what those that's what the kids say girl dad i'm done after this too i'm gonna get snip probably in maybe february i think i have a vac- uh, i get my vacation sh- uh, sheet for work in december so I think I'm, I always take one fairly early and I think I just, I'd rather do it when it's cold as opposed to when it's hot. So my boys aren't sweating down there. Um, I'm actually not that nervous, you know, right? You, you figured you're getting an incision in your dick. Uh, you should be a little nervous about it, but I'm not, I'm not too, I'm not too concerned about it. I don't know why. Should I be? I probably should be more concerned about it, but I'm not right. I'm a little, I'm a, I'm a self-diagnosed hypochondriac too, but to me, that just doesn't scare me. Like what can go wrong, right? Cut my dick off. Probably not. Maybe. But I mean, they could botch it. My dad had a botched circumcision. That was back in nineteen eighty. A circumcision, a botched vasectomy. That was back in nineteen eighty six. Though, so hopefully they've gotten better at uh, at the procedure. But um, no, yeah. So we're, we're 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 rolling along. I usually have some good stuff to tell you. I don't. Right. Yesterday was was pretty normal. Right. Saturday again. I fell asleep during the fights. Went down. Had a horrible weekend betting. Uh, didn't win anything. The slime ball loss. We'll get to all that. 
Um, God, usually I'm gabbing away with you guys. I guess, <laughs> I guess we'll jump right into the fights. <clears throat> so this weekend, <clears throat> there's a throat. There's a throat going out on me. <clears throat> this weekend, God damn it, I'm sorry, guys. This weekend was an interesting card. I liked it. I didn't love it. I liked it. Um, <clears throat> it was... Not a great night for your boy, betting-wise, right? I feel like I, everyone I bet, I stunk up the show. I was happy that underdogs won. I'm mad at myself for not taking Texera. I, I felt like I had talked to people, and everyone was on Texera, and it scared me. I went opposite. Santos had a good showing for himself. We'll obviously end there. I always end on the main event. I don't start with the main event. But let's go first fight at night. Gustavo Lopez was Anthony Burchek. I had Lopez. I did not bet this fight. However... I gave out a pick to Tim. I just, for whatever reason, I really like the way Burchek was handling himself this week, right? I said, if I didn't give this pick out, because I die with my picks, I might switch to Burchek. I did not bet this fight because I felt like there was a conflict of interest. I gave you guys Lopez. I want to take Burchek. He, I, when I did the podcast, Lopez was yonder. Burchek closed as yonder. So uh, I was like, man, that underdog money, Burchek wrestling, blah, blah, blah. They trained together really well. I hate when I say blah, 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 by the way. I, 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 I've been listening to... Some of the podcasts back, which I usually don't. Only the pick them ones with with the boys. But I've been listening to them back because the new microphone, I want to see how the audio is, what I got to tweak, all that shit. Um, and I say blah, blah, blah a lot. Like it, instead of finishing a thought, blah, 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 blah. It's like the Seinfeld, yada, yada, yada. I say blah, blah, blah a lot. I don't like that. I got to fix that. I got to correct that. I'm going to, I'm literally going to have like, I wish there was someone that like I had a producer that was listening to this. And anytime I went, yeah, yeah, so, so, blah, blah, blah. I get buzzed, right? I'll fucking... I quit doing that in a fucking second. Anyway, I leaned Burchek on the day. I did not bet this fight. Good thing I didn't. I was dead wrong. I was off all night. I went five and five on my picks. I lost all my bets. <clears throat> didn't break even. Broke. Down units. First time in a wob and hot. Slime ball. Loss. Whatever. Um, but yeah, Lopez looked fantastic. Listen, he looked good. I mean, Burchek stand up is a long way away from being good. Lopez really calm in there. Uh, they were good buddies. Good show. Respect at the end. Lopez just hurt him on the feet and just just had too much for him, right? Just was too much for him, took him on the ground and dominated as well. Choked him out in the first round. Impressive stuff by Lopez. Listen, a lot of these fighters, a lot of these handicappers, we all compare, oh, who is who have they fought? And I said on the podcast, Lopez looked really good against Marab, who's a fucking savage, right? That loss to Marab on four or five days notice where you didn't get taken out and you look really good showed so much to me. That um, it was a no-brainer taking this fight. I should have bet him. He was a small favorite. I should have got him as an underdog, but as an in. I gave him two and a half stars though for Lopez. I don't know why I gave. I didn't give him higher. This was the first fight of the night. Now that I'm looking at that again, this is my little bullshit system I'm trying. Um, I'm gonna bump it up to three. He's definitely a three-star guy. Burchak just took this fight on short notice. He's one on one in the UFC. Lopez has room to grow. I'm interested to see him at 135 uh, as he progresses because I think he's. Pretty well-rounded, good on the feet, good on the ground, tough, and uh, just wants to fight, just wants to get in there. All right, Max Griffin, he was an underdog, or favorite, excuse me, he fought Ramana, uh, Ramiz Brahmaja. This guy got his fucking ear ripped off. Oof. Um, obviously, everyone saw it. It was all over SportsCenter. It was all over the internets, all over Twitters. Um, everyone saw Ramiz just get fucking his elbow. The I think it was an elbow in the ear, punch in the ear that started. It was in the clinch. Max Griffin literally went, oh, my God, when they when the ref stopped it. It was gruesome. Like, listen, you have qualifier ear. You're a good grappler. You're going to get that shit busted open every once in a while. Uh, Leslie Smith happened to her many years ago. It's happened to a few other people. This one looked really bad, looked really gross. He's got to get that thing so back to his head. But 
with that being said, I, I wish he would have got his ear ripped off and it went into the fucking crowd. I lost a lot of money on this guy. He was my underdog lock, missed it. I had him in uh, plus 500 to submit, obviously missed that. And I think I had him a sprinkle on another prop from the one by decision, missed that. This guy fucking, he was eight and two coming in there and all his wins were by submission. All his wins were on the ground. And you don't try once to submit Max Griffin, right? This guy got a zero star for me. Max Griffin got two. He moved a lot. You know, he moved his feet a lot. I know it was probably really hard to maybe time that shot for Ramiz, who's probably not a world-class wrestler. Um, you know, he, he wasn't really looking for shots at all, though. But Max was moving his feet a lot, looked to be in great shape. Um, I'm going to go, too, because I didn't really see much involvement in his game. He still fought a Max Griffin fight. It wasn't close. Max won every round. Um, but he still got hit a little bit. I mean, he wasn't really hitting Ramiz with anything, um, like, devastating. And it just it just fell flat for me, you know. So I'm going to give him a two. I'm not super excited about Max Griffin moving forward. But he did come in shape. He looked good moving a little bit. Um, he is working on his defense. He is trying not to get hit up a lot. But Ramiz is is in my doghouse. That guy uh, just fought like an idiot. Uh, I, I want to if you lose going for some takedowns, fine. But you stood up with Max Griffin the whole time when you were losing. Like, where, where's your corner work? You know, I know you're Fortis MMA, safe side. Like, where's the corner work? Where's where are them saying, hey, buddy, um, you got eight wins, seven by submission. Why don't we try to take this to the fucking ground? Just an idea. Uh, next up, Darren Elkins versus Eduardo Gargori. Uh, I had Eduardo here. Listen, this is a bet that I would probably um, bet again, <clears throat> if I'm being honest with you. I live, I don't live by many rules. I said this on Twitter. There's not many rules I live by. One of them is, is I don't bet Darren Elkins higher than 200. Minus, favorite. Eduardo obviously has a problem stopping the takedown. He has a problem with uh, a lot of things. His stand-up, his, his, his striking looks pretty crisp. Long, kind of long lean for this division. His left hand looked awesome. The uppercuts obviously was, was what he trained, but he was off on a lot of them. He landed a few of them, but fucking Elkins just walked through it because he's a freak. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, Elkins just basically wrestled, 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 wrestled. Eduardo got tired, almost put Elkins out, had Elkins in trouble a little bit. I don't know if he almost put him out. That might, that might be stretching the truth a little bit, but he definitely had Elkins on the back foot a little bit in that third round and just kind of blew his wand and Elkins took his back and rear naked choked. I mean, that's a classic Darren Elkins fight. I go both guys ones. Um, it was a classic Darren Elkins fight. I was really upset hearing the post fight. Uh, Elkins, his brain is just fucking scrambled eggs at this point. It was very, very upsetting. He doesn't have that many fights, but he just gets hit so many fucking times. He's 36. He kind of flirted with maybe retiring, but he wants to get a couple more. I, I, if I was the UFC, I would, I would book this guy three or four more times. I hope he doesn't go to bare knuckle because, listen, you can't wrestle bare knuckle. Like, Darren Elkins is a good wrestler, good grappler. His stand-up has never been good. It's never going to be good. Eduardo, he gets a one because, listen, this, this guy got force-fed a, a victory in his in his home country, Uruguay. Now he's one and two in the UFC. Um, Ricardo Ramos took his neck as well, and, and so did uh, Darren Elkins. Again, not too embarrassed to be submitted by either of these guys because they both have good submissions, but he needs to tighten up his game. His, his takedown offense looked oh, really weak, really weak. His get-up game looked okay, but again, that's just so exhausting. Like, stop the takedown first and then work to get up. Obviously, if he gets it, like, it looked like he did not even train takedown defense. All he trained was the get-up game. So, um, he has to tweak some things. I don't know if he's UFC caliber, but I did like his his, his stand-up. His straight punches were fucking really, really good. All right, Alex Romanov versus Marcus Rodrigo de Lima. This was my send him home. This is the only prop bet I won. Um, excuse me, I, did, uh, uh, I had him by... Um, 
I didn't win this in life. I won this on the pick'em. I gave Romanov three stars. He almost was a four, only because he was he, he had a little trouble with Dilema. Dilema hit him a little bit. He he made Romanov look a little in a uh, little visible. Like and he looks been looking invincible with him maker. Dilema cracked him a lot. And Dilema first round got put on his back, and Romanov rushed for a choke, and Dilema sprawled out, and got up. Uh, and then he in Delima stuff a few of his takedowns as well. Romanov has a crazy uh, the power double. He's a super strong guy. He's heavy on top. Once he finally he ate some shots, so he, so he showed like he's got a good chin. His cardio, is, even though this ended in the first round, his cardio showed up a little bit. Delima's gets a one because you're a Brazilian guy. I don't I don't know if he's a black belt. Uh, definitely not a high level black belt. I mean, he got forearm choked, which is maybe the second time ever in UFC history. I know Romanov's a big, strong fucking guy, but that's got to be embarrassing. You're a high-level guy. You're a Brazilian guy, which is the land of Jiu-Jitsu, and you get forearm choked by a fucking Moldovian. That's got to that's gonna sting a little bit. But listen, Romanov could have been a four, but I didn't like the way he got hit. Uh, this is a player at, one, uh, at, at 180, at 265. This is a player at heavyweight. This kid is um, going to bring some noise, going to bring some problems. I think he's... Uh, I think he's going to give – he needs a better matchup. I mean, Alexander Volkov, I would love for Romanov to fight Greg Hardy. I think that actually kind of makes sense. I would love Romanov – you know, like Greg Hardy, this freak athlete, this really good striker. Let's put him with a guy that's going to take him down and pound his fucking head in, right? Uh, I kind of want to see that just selfishly so I can see Greg Hardy get his fucking head pounded in. Uh, there's a lot of interesting matches from Romanov. He's going to be a problem. He's got to really work on his stand-up, right? His stand-up looked non-existent. I know Lima hits really hard. He was throwing – but he was kind of just putting his head down and throwing the waiver in the clinch. Uh, that's not going to work with some of these big boys. Uh, some of the, not only big boys, but some of the big boys in the division, like a Francis Nganu, like a Curtis Blades. That's not going to Steve Miocic. That's not going to work with those guys. You're going to get fucking slept. Uh, well, maybe not Blades, but you're going to get taken down. So I would like to see Romanov work. He's obviously 13 0, a little young in the game, but he, what his one skill is take you down, Donkey, uh, Donkey Kong punch your fucking brains in. That fucking works. Um, so yeah, so good for Romanov. I gave him three though. He ain't gonna get four yet. Next up, Trevin Giles versus uh Bevon Lewis. Bevon Lewis stinks, guys. I don't know how this got I me. Mean, he looked good in the contender series, was winning against Uriah Hall. I picked Bevon Lewis. I did not bet this fight. I avoided this fight. I get Bevon one. I should have gave him a zero. I didn't. Trevin Giles though came out. He's got a three for me, three-star effort. Uh, I thought he looked good, cool, calm, and collected. He did a lot of pressure on his back after passing out, having maybe a heart condition. Uh, kind of scary stuff. He was supposed to fight Kevin Holland. Uh, Giles, a full-time police officer, and uh, he's fought some really who's who. He's got some really good wins. He's got some ugly losses, too. His only losses are in the UFC, and uh, it's usually when he's winning and then gets gas and submits. So if he's fully committed to MMA and he won by knockout in the third round, so his cardio looked really good, um, I don't know if he's obviously going to be champion or not. I, don't, I mean, maybe he cracked the top 15. He's athletic, um, and if his cardio really holds up, he can he can give some fun fights in that division for sure. I think uh, I think he's a guy that if he really fully commits and not, you know um, being a police officer, I, I don't really know how their hours work, but I gotta imagine it's pretty demanding. Um, but if he can fully commit, I think he could be uh, an interesting guy at, at eighty five and get some really solid wins. And he's an, an exciting guy in my opinion. I think he fights exciting. I mean, this fight wasn't very exciting, but you know, not because of Trevor Giles, because of Bevon Lewis. But Giles can make some really good money here uh, at, at 185, which is a stacked division. All right, next up, Zan, uh, Jan Zonan. Fucking out of his Claudia Gadela. Everyone was on Jan here. She gets a three-star night for me. Uh, she looked pretty good. She gave us some early takedowns. Claudia Gadela, she got one. She's not evolving, guys. I said this on the podcast. She's just not evolving, right? 
Jan was everyone's darling. She came in highly motivated, very close fight, right? It wasn't a one-sided thing. I think Claudia, uh, whoa, Claudia, Claudia Gadela thought she won, which obviously she did. And I thought it was two rounds to one, maybe even three Oh for Jan. Uh, Claudia, when she got the takedown, she did fucking fuck all. She did nothing. Uh, Jan pieced her up on the feet. Gadea was wearing it. They they were banging at the end of the, the fight. It was a good fight. It was it was this was in my parlay again. I've been I've been sneaking women as in a parlay. Lauren Murphy catched me. Jan would have catched me if Bozer would have held up. Um, so I should have done this fight straight. That's on me. Uh, but yeah, Jan looked really good. I I, I would love to see a, the a China China versus China. You know what I mean? I always thought they were training partners, and that's insensitive of me because China is a giant fucking country. So for me to assume they're training with each other is, is a little small-minded of me but yan wants to fight she's calling fucking way lee out right and uh i mean listen if tatina Suarez isn't around at 115 who else is there at 115 to fight way lee Zhang? i mean rose but i don't know if rose wants that there's a lot of interesting fights at 115 for women and uh, most exciting women's division in the ufc for sure chica katatse versus jamie simmons um I think we all saw this coming. I wish I would have propped this. I did not prop this. Obviously, I gave uh, Giga three stars. He would have had four, but he, he fought the competition he had. I gave Jamie zero. Sorry, Jamie. Uh, I just don't know. I looked at your record. I just don't think you're UFC quality right now. You fought up a weight class. I'm going to give you props. Maybe I should give you one. I was a little harder on the night. Giga, body cock. Bo- body cock? What, Brian? What's going on? Body kick to head kick. Awesome uh, combination. Awesome finishing. He finally got a finish. Again, you're, I think he closed close to a 1,000 favorites, so... Let's uh, let's pump the brakes. I did like his call out. He said Aaron Allen was supposed to fight him. He pulled out. Um, there was another uh, another fighter that was supposed to fight him. They pulled out, so he called out Jeremy Stevens. I like that fight. Jeremy Jeremy accepted in December. Uh, that's an interesting fight. You know, you got a really good technical kickboxer who moves a lot, whose MMA game is evolving. Right, it's getting better. And then you got Jeremy Stevens, who's a fucking banger, who can who is a full MMA fighter. He can really mix it up, and uh, that'd be interesting. I, I you know I lean Giga right now just because he's the most recent in my brain. I feel like Jeremy. Isn't evolving as well. He's not improving. He's just kind of standing still. But uh, I think he might need to get out of Southern Cal- or yeah, Southern California, San Diego, and, and really broaden his horizons. But you know that's where he made it home. He's got family and stuff, so it's kind of hard just to get up and leave. All right, Honey Bocellos versus Kalihitaha, five of the night. I think it won five of the night as well. Awesome stuff. Um, Honey got four stars from me, and, and Taha got three. Taha's tough as they come. His leg was compromised. He took some big shots. Honey's a guy that people forget. He's sixteen to one. He's 33, 34 years old. He needs to really fight more actively and get his name in this 135-pound division. This guy's a fucking stud, right? He's a really good wrestler. He's good on the ground. He's strong. He's big. Good striking. Um, and he's and he's got good cardio, right? This this pace was torrid. Both these guys are the real deal. Taha is it was a huge underdog, plus 270. I think he closed almost plus 300. I, understandably, right? Honey, uh, I picked Honey. I, I wanted to pick the underdog. I didn't have the guts. I'm glad I didn't, but I picked Honey. Uh, I had this in a parlay. The parlay lost. I should have bet it straight up, but it was pricey. Um, but Honey looked really fucking good in this fight. This is a guy that I'm really interested in see who he fights at 135. Let's look at the 135 rankings, right? I should have just pulled this up, pulled this up, but I didn't because I'm unprepared. Fuck me. Um, but I, I, I don't want to say I don't think Barcelos is ranked. I think the rankings update. They update on. Uh, on uh, which McCall they update on Tuesday, I think. So you got Marlon Vera, you got Song Yudong, you got Cody Stamen. I, I I think Cody Stamen is coming off a loss, right? You got Marab, you got Rob Font. Rob Font hasn't fought in forever. I don't know why he's he's clogging up space there. Dominic Cruz, Asuncao, Rivera, <clears throat> Jose, Pedro, Frankie, Cody, Marlon, Corey, and Alderman. So 
I want to see Honey in the top 15. Marlon Bear is a very interesting fight. Song Yudong, another interesting fight. 15-14 there. Stamen's been pretty active. That's going to really test his wrestling because he is a uh, Brazilian national team, but that's a little different than American wrestling. Cody's a beast wrestler. I don't want to give him a Rob yet because Marab's a killer. Marab's going to beat anybody you put in front of him at this point in the top. You know, he's it's going to start getting tricky for Marab when he gets to like Pedro Munoz because I think Pedro is really good. But Cody's at four, and 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 I think Marab gives Cody fits as well. Um, listen, there's a lot of people. You know, uh, John Anik said something to Dominic Cruz on the broadcast. Like this might be a guy you're fighting. Dominic obviously didn't acknowledge it too much. I think he's looking at the top five. He thinks he's better than he is right now. People got to realize, like you know, he's he's a he's a wounded horse that no one's afraid to just take him out back and shoot him in his fucking head at this point. Uh, but yeah, Marlon Vera, Song Yudong, even though they're the top 15, 14 guys right there, I think that they are probably the most interesting fights for me right now for a guy like Honey Basolos. Khalid Taha, going to take a little bit step back, but he's an exciting guy. He's good on the ground. He's a big power puncher, and he can take it. Uh, he looked really good. I mean, they can match up with anyway at 135, and it'll be interesting because he's going to make a fight out of it. And uh, Hopefully they do. I mean, Brian Kellenher, I know he's flirting with 150 or 145, but they bring him down to 135 again, which I think is his natural weight class. Taha Kellenher is a fucking banger. All right, come in event, Andre Lowski versus Tanner Bozier. Uh, way off in this fight. This is my mortal lock. Missed it. I had Bozier in um, <clears throat> a parlay. Lost. I had him uh, winning by KO. Lost. Lot on Bozier here. To my boy Tim, who you're going to hear later this week, we're going to do a pick him. He was all over Olowski. He's like... Andre Arlovski is very like a nostalgic thing for him. Is one of his first guys who really gravitated towards an MMA. I like Arlovski. I've never been an Arlovski guy, right? Uh, I hate to admit this, and I don't want to admit this, but I'm very vulnerable when I sit in front of the microphone. I I rooted for Tim Sylvia in those Arlovski fights. I'm not gonna lie to you. When Arlovski beat him the first time and won the title, dropped him and heel hooked him, like that was awesome, right? That was incredible. I think that was UFC 51. Oh God, Brian! Now, now I gotta know. I want to say it was USC fifty-one when he. I think he won the the interim title then. That's so long ago. UFC fifty-one Super Saturday first round Achilles lock. Fuck yeah, baby. Uh, yeah, uh, he. I think he won the interim title or won the title from him that night. Um, the main event was was weird. It was uh, Tito and Vitor went to a draw. Pete Sell versus Phil Broni was like the co-main event. It was it was. The, well, not really. They what they used to do back in the day, UFCs in the early UFCs, they would put the main event on, and then or the, excuse me, they put the co-main event on, and then they would put a fight, a filler fight in between the co-main and the in the main event. Um, for whatever reason, they did that. And Phil Broni and in and uh, uh, Pete Sell, where Pete Sell won, by the way, I think he choked out Broni with guillotine. Uh, that was it. But yeah, so I I I don't I don't remember having a dog in that fight. But when they rematched. For some reason, I was like, I'm rooting for Sylvia, right? And then Arlovsky dropped him big and had him on his feet, and they ran into an uppercut. And the third fight was a super boring Arlovsky loss of decision. But I've never been a huge Andre, Andre guy. And this was a big spot for Tanner Bozier. You can say what you want about Andre Arlovsky. He's old. He's washed, this and that. He's 41, whatever. But he is the benchmark guy. Like, if you want a shot, if you want to be the guy at heavyweight, you got to go through Andre Arlovsky. That's just facts. Um you know, uh, Al Silverman had to do it to fight Stipe. He knocked him out. Francis Agani had to do it. Knocked him out. Um, he's kind of like the benchmark guy that they give. I mean, obviously, Andre's not going to get title shot. He's on a two-fight win streak. But Jerry Jerzyna uh, Rosenstrike, they gave him Orlowski. That's like another one. Augusta Sakai. Um, who else did they get? They got Taito Avasa, who they were kind of grooming for a while. But, yeah, Ganu, Stipe, there's another one. They gave Stipe him. 
uh, before Steve Baby King champion. It's it, it, it's one of those things where they give this guy to to these up and coming heavyweights to see if they can handle it. Most of them, Aganyu, Rosenstruck, Overeem, and Steve Bay, all knocked Andre out. Tanner Bozier didn't even hurt Andre. Uh, some leg kicks. A lot of people, again, I missed this fight. I had to watch it again Sunday morning. I remember bits and pieces at the beginning. I, I was literally falling asleep on my couch and kind of waking up, but obviously I don't remember it. Um, watched it Sunday morning, and Eileen Bozier, super close fight. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to go semantics. This was after I already knew I lost my parlay and lost my prop, so it had no nothing money-related. I just thought maybe Bozier leaned a little bit. Uh, he had landed more strikes, landed a lot of leg kicks. Andre Lovskin landed like three good right hands. But, again, neither guy did anything. And that's a spot where Bozier needs to shine. And he didn't, right? He just simply didn't. He fell flat. And uh, that's that's not going to be good for his, I don't want to say career, but definitely when you look back on that, we all were like hyping up uh, Tanner Bozier. And we look back on the Andre Lovsky, it was like, well, he didn't really pull the trigger. He didn't really do anything. A guy that, you know, even though Lovsky has shown really good skill in his past few fights and his chin has been a little more durable than it has of late, you look back, you're like, man, Bozier, if he just stepped on the gas a little bit, he could have maybe won that fight. It was almost like he was, he's definitely a point fighter. He's not a huge, I know he has. he's coming off two knockout wins, but he's not like this biggest knockout power puncher. You know what I mean? Bozier, that is. But he can do that. He's quick and whatever, and, and he just he just fell flat. It was a bad performance. I gave Bozer two stars. I gave uh, Andre three just because Andre, I thought, even though he didn't perform very well, he got a win. I was going to put both guys at two, but I thought that was unfair to Arlovsky, even though I think Tanner won. I'm staring at Topology right now, and it has Andre Lovsky as the winner, right? I don't have my own scorebook. There's someone that I do the podcast with every once in a while who keeps his own record books of who wins and who loses, right? Um, I do not do that. This is this is who won and lost, so I got I to gotta respect Andre. And you know what? And it was egg on my face. Andre is a huge underdog, plus 220 underdog. And um, my boy Tim won money on him. Props to Tim. I love when anybody wins money. And uh, I was all over Tanner Bozer. It's very, very rare I get a mortal lock wrong, right? And I was dead wrong on this, even though I, it was a close fight. But still, I thought Tanner was going to perform way better. But how do you get behind a guy that names Tanner? Tanner, it's so bad. If your name's Tanner out there, go by T Money, go by Tan Man. If I was Tanner Bozier, I go by TB. I wouldn't go by Tanner. It's a rough name. If your name's Tanner and you're offended right now, I'm sorry. Hopefully, you got a cool last name that you can go by. But just Tanner's just not a tough name. It, and, and I don't know if it's popular in Canada. I don't know if it's a Canadian name or not, but it's just not a tough name. I had I knew a Tanner, and I don't know if I told the story before, but there was a Tanner that went to high school with me. And what what maybe it was elementary or not elementary, middle school. I think it was middle school. I don't think he went he ended up going to my high school. And I didn't pick on him. I'm not a bully, but I had every opportunity to, if you know what I mean. I did it. I'm not going to out myself. Let's just say he sucked really bad. Okay, main event, Glover Texera versus Tiago Santos. Glover's the only one that got a five-star. I was so impressed with Glover. I got this wrong. Again, he in the moment, if you listen to the podcast, I closed my eyes. I, I saw Santos winning with a counter shot, almost kind of like what he dropped him in the third round, second or third round, I can't remember, where he put uh, Glover right on his back, uh, sent him right on his butt. I kind of envisioned that a little more Santos. So, God, this guy needs to work on his ground game. His ground game is not great. Um, John Jones could have probably looked way better against Santos if he went for, I think, I think they gave John Jones credit for one takedown. He didn't land it. Um, but they gave him one takedown attempt. I think that's bullshit. I don't think John, John Jones really went for a takedown. 
if Jones would have took Santos down, he would have fucking TKO'd him. John Jones is so heavy on top. His elbows are fucking brutal. There's no way he went in there. Maybe he was hurt. Maybe he was this. But uh, yeah, it, it Tiago Santos just to me looked bad. Listen, coming off double knee surgery, coming off COVID, you, you know Dominic Cruz said in the podcast or the broadcast, and you got to believe him because this guy rips his knee fucking coffin. You know, takes him, he takes a piss, he rips his fucking groin. He said you can't really wrestle live with knee surgery. This guy had double knee surgery, so maybe his wrestling chops weren't there. His jiu-jitsu chops definitely weren't there. Glover's really heavy on top. Glover's really good. His takedowns look strong. He looks strong in there. Um, when he gets you on top, it's just brutal. It, 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 that's the part of his game that he didn't really do early on in his career. He always had a good ground game, but it wasn't the best, and he really relied on his striking. I remember John Hackleman, his old coach, used to just talk about how hard he hits, and he had a lot of knockouts. I mean, knocked out Ryan Bader, all this stuff. Um, but, yeah, it, it just wasn't – he's really had to shift his game since he's gotten older. His chin is good. He gets hurt, but he can come back. So it's just like he's chinny. He does get hit a little bit. I mean, Santos, his nickname is a sledgehammer. The guy hits like a fucking sledgehammer. Glover said that as much. Like, this dude fucking hits. And then, uh, you know, so, but Glover fought a perfect fight, really. I mean, I know he got hit a lot, and, you know, he didn't look good, and there was times where he could have lost, but literally when he got a hold of Santos and he got him down and he dominated, and his cardio at this age is so good against, again, not a young stud, but a big stud. I mean, Santos is 36, but he looked huge in there to me. This guy used to make 185, 170. That's wild. Glover really stayed composed and in, in, in he begged for a title shot. Not begged, but said, listen, I'm 41, give me a title shot. So that was we'll get into more stuff, but that was that was the fight night again. Went five and five and picks, lost all my money. Thank you. So Glover asking for a title shot. Listen, he's 41. I get it. They kind of already maybe jumped the gun a little bit, and that's what a lot of the media members are leaning towards is Dana jumped the gun with the Izzy fight. Izzy wants to stay active. Izzy's a big money draw. John Jones isn't fighting right now. He's he's working his way to heavyweight. He doesn't want to fight Izzy at 205. He doesn't want to cut to 205 again. Jan's looking for fights. I would love to see Glover, Jan, and then maybe have Izzy wait. Um, or if Whitaker's ready, have him do Whitaker. I think the same result's going to be there. I think they want to have Izzy as the double champ. I don't love – I love Izzy. But I don't love the double champ scenario because he's going to have to give up one and then he's going to go up and fight. It'd be unreal if the the plan was – you know, let John get the strap at heavyweight, which I think he can win if he's motivated. And then Izzy go up to heavyweight, fight John. Biggest fight, maybe next to Conor Khabib. Biggest fight in UFC history. And uh, and Izzy becomes a three-weight champ. Right? Izzy's not a small guy. He's definitely not a heavyweight. Um, I don't know how he's going to look at 205. He said he's not going to bulk up, right? I mean, he's tall. He's 6'3", 6'4". He's fairly thick when he's not 185. I mean, he's not, he's he's skinny at 185, and I and I think that's going to be the advantage to him at uh, 205. He's going to be too fast, right? Jan's a big Polish guy with a fucking square head, but he's just going to be too slow, in my opinion, for Izzy. But what I was going to say is is I wouldn't mind if they get Glover and Jan. Jan wants to fight sooner than later. Um, get a lot of these main events are falling out. Glover's no way Glover can turn around and get it ready in December, but maybe co-main in January, maybe main event in February, and then have the winner of that Glover versus Jan fight uh, Izzy. Izzy could fight maybe Whitaker after that, and then maybe next year, a year from now, if Jones has fought a heavyweight and has won the heavyweight strap, then you do Jones-Izzy. December's a huge month for the UFC. They, they always put on a really, really big show in December. I would do that next year. Obviously, COVID's kind of fucking things up. But this year, hopefully next year, they can do it in a big stadium. John Jones versus Israel Adesanya needs to be in a stadium with fans. I mean, go to Texas, go to wherever. 
They need fans on that fucking thing. And I'm considering going, okay? Uh, tickets could be absurd. I might have to empty out my kids' college funds that do not exist, but I'll do it to go. Okay, I'll fucking do it. I'll fly to Texas. Let's go. Um, yeah, so I don't I don't hate the Texture. Like, you know, he's a nice enough guy. Dana's listening to him. Maybe Dana jumped the gun with the Izzy thing. They, they want to sign Izzy because they need stars right now. And I think that fight can wait. I, I think Glover versus Sean will be really interesting. I think, uh, it, I don't know if it could headline a pay-per-view. Maybe in desperate need it could, but it definitely could headline maybe a fight now on ESPN, put a title online. When When's the last time we've seen a title fight on ESPN? It's been, I feel like it's been forever. They always put them on pay-per-view, which I get. You're trying to sell money, but I think this is one of those fights where get Jan used to the public because he could end up brutally knocking out Glover. Get this guy interested, then match him up with Izzy or Glover, this incredible story who's a sweet guy who, you know, lives in America, lives in Connecticut of all places, and an older guy coming back and he's got a title shot before John Jones marked him. And then you could, you know, run that angle as well. There's a lot of sellable things here. Um, I, I for one, am very excited uh, for the prospect of all that. I am very excited for to see what happens at 205. God, I'm getting all these messages. Leave me alone, people. Um, all right, so the big news is, is obviously Islam Makhachev pulled out against RDA. We got a replacement. I flirted with um, Drew Dober. I want to see Joe, Drew Dober get the big fights, right? Drew Dober was calling out Islam forever. No one was calling out Islam besides Drew Dober. Islam pulls. Drew got his fight pulled with Diego Ferrara, but they get Paul Felder. I don't think they think Drew Dober is a big enough name yet, but I think RDA is a big enough name to carry Dober. Anyway, Paul Felder, who's been training for a triathlon, uh, was really low in weight. He was on the uh, Remember the Show, not really a podcast, but Remember the Show YouTube show with Bilal Muhammad. And Felder was on there saying how how little he weighs. And uh, he looked really good. He posted a picture today. He was in the gym, and, and he looks awesome. He's got a fucking mustache. Apparently, he was going to call the fights. Now he's in the main event. I love that. I love that Felder stepping up. He goes, nope, we can do it at 55, and nope, we can do five rounds. Uh, I think he matches up really well with RDA. I think he's, I think he's currently the underdog. Obviously, I got to imagine the underdog, but... He matches up really well with RDA. They're, they're both going to come out there and strike. I don't think Dos Anjos is really going to um, mix up takedowns. Maybe he would, maybe because he's been practicing wrestling. I imagine he would have to be training wrestling to get ready for Islam. So maybe he will make some takedowns in there. But, uh, I, I, you know, I like Felder's chances on the feet. And I have to break down the fight a little more, which I will. And uh, I'll get it exactly right. That's my promise to you. But, um, yeah, I like uh, I like that Felder stepped up there. I've, I've talked shit about Felder. He's always like, I'm retired. I don't want the fights and blah, blah, blah. I think the training for the triathlon and him getting in shape and stuff, he's probably rejuvenating a little bit. And listen, RDA is not ranked at 155, but he's the former champion. He was ranked at 170 at one point. Uh, he fought for the 170 pound title. This guy's fought fucking everybody. If you go out there and finish RDA or at least dominate him, that carries a lot of weight. Felder's already ranked at, in, at 155. So that works out for him, but you're going to leapfrog a few people by just having that name on your record. And uh, you want the big fights. You want the fights that make sense. I think if Felder comes out there and starts his RDA, which I don't know if it's going to happen because Rafael Dos Anjos is very good. But if let's say Felder does do that, I think that puts him in a prime spot at 155. I really, really do. So I got the rankings here. Let's see exactly where Felder's at. Eh, how, will, how will we do that? Okay, so Felder is seven. So I have to imagine he's – so Dustin Connors booked. If Felder destroys RDA, you're looking at a Felder – possibly Tony Ferguson, possibly Justin Gaethje is number one. Neither of those guys have fights booked. It, you know, I don't know how quick 
Paul wants to turn us around. Charles Alvarez sitting right above him. Dan Hooker sitting right above him. He lost a close fight to Hooker. Charles Alvarez, he has beaten, even though that was many years ago, and Charles Alvarez got really a lot much better, if that made any sense. But listen, if Paul Fodder goes out there and starts his RDA, I'm looking at Tony Ferguson. I'm looking at Justin Gaethje, if I'm being honest with you. And then, and then maybe even the winner, Connor Dustin. I think the winner, Connor Dustin, is going to probably be fighting for an eliminator title if they end up stripping Khabib or whatnot. I saw an interview with Khabib did in Russia on Russia television, and he doesn't seem like he's coming back. I think Dana's giving him the utmost respect because he's this gigantic international fucking star. Um, I think he's giving him the utmost respect, but I really don't see him coming back. I see these top five, top six guys really shaking out that division to see who's going to be the champion. Paul Feller's staying on the outside right now. You go out there and you knock off fucking uh, RDA quickly, your name instantly gets put in that conversation, right? Um, and I know they won't do a tournament style, but again, Paul Felder will be right there. That's a signature win, which I don't think he has yet. Um, you know, he lost to Mike Parrott 170. He's fought Dan Hooker. He's lost. Um, he's beaten Edison Barboza, who's kind of a flake a little bit. I think you go out there and you knock out RDA or even just look dominant or even win, really. Um, I think that's your signature win. I think that's what every fighter needs. They need a signature win, and, and that's a good one. This wasn't planned, but um, do you guys uh ariel dc have a show i love dc i just i'm so pissed that he's uh fucking with ariel but ariel said that kevin holland's fighter of the year what kevin holland fighter of the year um he's fought joaquin buckley who's making his ufc debut awesome knockout maybe knockout of the year then he fought darren stewart barely squeaked by and then he fought some nobody that michael venom pays decaled and you're telling me this guy's gonna be fighter of the year Hmm. If Hazmat Chimaev wins, he'll have a case. But yeah, I think you got to give it with like Jan Bohovic. I think you got to give it some champions. You can't fuck around and give it to just some guy because he's fighting all the time. Like Eric Hawani is just a what? You, what? Kevin Holland, fighter of the year? I like Kevin Holland, right? I have nothing against Kevin Holland. But saying he's the fighter of the year, you should get your fucking dumb face slapped. Get those dumb glasses you wear. Is he wearing glasses now? I don't know. I feel like Hawani wears glasses that fucking turn. Um, all right, so that was really it. I want to break down the um, the contender series tomorrow night. I think it's actually going to be a really good card. Uh, one guy had to pull off, and and Nate Nathan Levy stepped up. Uh, this dude is what, what is he? He's from Israel. Wow. Okay. So this guy is a buddy of Chris Curtis's. He trains out of Vegas. I'm assuming they train together. Probably syndicated a little bit. Chris um, Facebooked or did something about this guy. He said he's ready. Yeah, Syndicate MMA. He's ready. He's he's got a karate style and. He's ready to take on this beast, uh, Shahan Santana. Uh, it's a huge underdog, but we'll get to that fight later. So first fight, Danny. So, but again, we did this last week. I think I got every fight wrong. Um, I just went through the records. I didn't know many besides Vince Murdoch. I went through the records and just kind of picked a winner. And I think I was wrong besides Carlos Holmberg, who was who was Izzy guy. He looked he looked pretty good. But looks like we got a nice little card. So Danny Sabatello, nice little Italian name there. Sunrise, Florida, born in Chicago, training at a Sunrise American Top Team. Okay, American Top Team guy. Raymond Ramos, Chris Johnson's coming off two submission wins. Earl Rivera knocked him out there in round four for a title back in Titan FC back in 2019. So that's really the only UFC caliber guy he has fought. Uh, one and zero, zero one, six and six, zero and two, two and ten, and then uh, two and three. Irma Vera got knocked out. Eight and twelve, five and three was Raymond Ramos, who he choked out in the first round. That was a pretty good win for him. Um, okay, so he hasn't fought the stiffest competition. Taylor Moore, Syria, Bubby Howell, Michigan, Midwest guy, Scorpion Fighting Systems. This guy might be a Jamal Hill guy. Um, 
there's not a ton of gyms in 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 uh, Michigan. Triangle choke decision decision. He's lost to a few. Uh, he lost to a uh, Chinese guy, I believe. Zhang Lu was eleven and five. Derek Mendel seven and four. He's been finished one time by Johnny the Sheriff Bedford, who was uh, on the Ultimate Fighter. He's now like a bare knuckle champion. Got knocked out by Bedford back in twenty sixteen, round four. That was his only time he's ever been finished. All his other losses are by um, decision, so he seems pretty tough, pretty durable in there. He's got kind of wins everywhere. He's got some TKOs, but I mean against some bums, right? So Tony Zaleski five and nine, Usman uh, Usmama Rockman one and one, lost to Mike Hernandez who's ten and four. Came back and beat a guy five and eight. Beat Usam uh, Usama Rahman again. This time by another knockout in the first round. So that's one and two. So he's literally on two two of the same guys on his record. Went on a little skid there. Uh, Lou beat him. He was eleven to five, seven to four. Mendel three one for him. Uh, twelve and twelve was his last fight. Uh, a guy Josh Robinson triangle choke round three. <sighs> Neither of these guys are jumping out at me at one thirty five. I'm gonna go Sotabello just because just because he's training an American top team, I guess. I, I, I really don't have an opinion on this fight. Uh, let's go Santabella because I like saying his last name, even though I'm probably mispronouncing it. Luna Pinero, Pener- uh, she is a Brazilian, um, and she this picture of her kicking the back, she looks very hot. I uh, do know nothing about her. Let's look at her record. 7-1. So she has knockout submission, submission, submission. Her one loss is by uh, split decision over Chris Masfer, who's 4-4-1. Four, four, That's not a good look. She was 2-0 when she beat her, but she's 4-4-1 now. She, she, her one loss didn't come from something like a world beater. That was back in 2017. She's obviously gotten better. She has finished every single opponent since then. Uh, 0-0, 3-1, 6-4, 0-2, 4-2. Okay. And she's fighting Stephanie uh, Frosto. I believe this girl's sister, um, I forget her name. She's fighting at Cincinnati, Ohio. Her sister, what was her sister's name? She was married to George Grizzell that moved to Ohio. Um, and they train there. I don't know if she still lives in Ohio now, but her sister married George Dell. They got a divorce. She fought in uh, Strike Force. Her same, same last name. I can't remember what her fucking uh, name was. All right, but she's she's got a hell of a record here. She's all over the place. Lost early in her career. She went on Bellator, got choked out back in 2010. So she's taking some years off, right? Uh, so she hasn't really been all that active. She, she, her debut was all the way back in 2010, 10 years ago, almost 11 years ago. Really inactive, had some ugly losses, came back in 2012, went undefeated in 20, 2012, won all our fights, and then got knocked out uh, in Invicta, took two years off, won, took uh, a year off, lost in Bellator to Navarre, Jamie Navarre, what does she end up being? Seven and five, okay, I don't know. So she's on a little bit of a win streak now. Oh, I hate to, to go against a, not really a local girl, but a girl who you know is kind of local in Frosto. Um, I'm going to go Luna, uh, Panera. I'm going to go with the Brazilian. Uh, I, I just think, you know, she's hotter. Um, Nicholas Malta, a guy who I've heard a lot about, right? He's coming out, he's fighting out of Jersey. He's Brazilian, uh, Brazilian guy. Um, Ricardo Lama's gym, I believe. Uh, yeah, Ricardo. Is it, what am I talking about? It's not Ricardo Lama's. Who is it? God, why can't I think of his name? Anyway, um, this guy's got a lot of fights on his record. Some ugly losses, a lot of knockouts, a lot of, um, Really just knockouts. He's been knocked out before as well. Joe Selecki, UFC fighter, currently undefeated, I believe, in UFC, right? Is this the, that's the Wilmington guy, right? He's undefeated in UFC? Yeah. Um, so he has a loss to him, which is not a bad loss. And, uh, yeah, so this kid, this kid's solid. He's got a solid little record. He's got a lot of knockouts here. So some guys with some good uh, some good wins and stuff. He's fighting Joseph Lowry, which I feel like I've heard that name before, Jersey guy. 
this 155. Who is Lowry? For? Okay, so he, he got knocked out by Devontae Smith on the contender series by elbow. Other than that, a lot of his wins are some by KO, some by decision. He hasn't fought the best in the world. I'm going to go Malta just because I've heard a lot about him. Uh, 11-3 versus 9-1, good good matchup. So Shaheen Satana, a fight we kind of previewed before. He's 6-0, and fighting my four, my MMA Masters, which is be- quickly becoming a really good gym. This kid is a great grappler, good wrestler, has beaten some really good competition. So he first fight was back in 2016, won by armbar, then won by submission again, then beat uh, a guy who's kind of a bum by submission, though. So he's doing what he's supposed to do. Took two years off. Now he's back. He fought a guy 3-0, guillotine choke. He fought Lee Henry Lilly. Sounds like a fucking serial killer. He decisioned him, split decision. He was 6-3. and three. He's now 7-4. and four. Oh, he fights out of MMA Masters, too. Is that like a little teammate fight? Um, and then you got uh, his last fight was back in July of 2020, Rear Naked Choke. Now he's fighting Natan. And I bet it's Nathan, but it looks like Natan. Uh, I got to say Natan because he's born in Israel, right? Uh, this kid's pretty big. Or no, excuse me, not big. He looks big in the picture, but he's 145. I guess he's coming up in weight. Yeah, he's coming up in weight to fight Shahan Satana. This guy's a karate style, a lot of decisions. I'm gonna go Santana. I'm sorry that I have to go against my Chris's guy. Last last fight. I'm gonna go try to. I'm gonna try to pronounce it. Let me try to pronounce it. Marus. He's Canadian. The Iron Pole. He's Polish. Polish names are so hard to pronounce. Sorry, Poland Polish people. Um, Marus. Marus. Calls of kicks. <laughs> I, I mean, I fucking nailed it. Um, this kid apparently is really hyped up. Tall, long, lefty. Took almost two years off. He said he couldn't get a fight. I saw the video package. Got a lot of wins by submission. His stand-up looks pretty okay. He's big for 185. He's long for 85. He's fighting Mario Salza, who is fighting out of Brazil. He's 5-10. and 10. Uh, Or excuse me, he's 5'10". Five, he's 5'10". Five, he's 11-1, I believe, right? This kid's a knockout guy. This kid wants to knock you out. Got some arm bars. Got some submissions. But uh, no, you know what? He's pretty mixed bag. His one loss is to Leonardo Silva, by two, who was 12-3. That's a pretty good loss. But uh uh well i mean he's fought decent competition i'm gonna go with the polish i'm gonna go with the canadian guy just because he's got a lot of hate around him all right that's the show um subscribe to everything listen mma takes podcast on twitter which i'm more active on i'm trying to trying to revamp not revamp but trying to get more into the um ig game which i I feel like is very for the chicks so get me on twitter mma takes podcast same thing on ig MMA Takes Podcast. If you're listening to this, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes, on I don't uh, Apple's podcast, I don't or iTunes, whatever you call it. I don't know if you can rate and review on Spotify, but we're on both. We're on uh, we're on Apple's podcast. We're on Spotify. Rate and review. It'll help us out a lot. I want to get to. I have 22 ratings right now. I would love to get to 30 by the end of the year. So we got eight people, and I know more than eight people listen to this that haven't rated. Go there. Give me a quick rating. Say how handsome I sound. And that you want to meet me someday and, and just, you know, hang out or something like that. I don't know. I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but it'd be pretty cool if he said that. Uh, and then YouTube, MMA Takes Podcast. Again, I'm going to try to do more things. I was going to stream this weekend. Got caught up on Friday night. And then Saturday, I fell asleep. I definitely will stream this week. I promise. Tim and I are going to pick the pickums. We'll go live for that. So that'll be on Instagram. Or excuse me, that'll be on Twitter and YouTube. So tune in that later this week. We'll send out links and stuff. And uh, that should do it for the podcast. I'll see you.